This is Appalachian Vibes on Radio IQ. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. Appalachian Vibes is a show dedicated to challenging the expectations and celebrating the diversity of music created in the Appalachian region. Today on Appalachian Vibes, we discuss the evolution of women in society with singer-songwriter Kat Mills. Thomas Thurman, the lead singer for Adam's Son, shares how his relationship with God compelled him to become a songwriter with depth. And Mac Walker spills the tea on the one that got away. My first guest is... My name is Kat Mills. I live in Blacksburg, Virginia, and I'm a vocalist and guitar player. I do solo singer-songwriter folk music stuff, and I also am a vocalist on other people's recordings and in their bands. The one word I always use for parenting is relentless. (laughs) It never lets up. I mean, and that's why we get so good at doing so many things, right? Because we just, you just have to, you just keep moving. And I think you can actually, I feel like, go all the way back. This is sometimes how I make myself feel more aligned to like literal like cave times. And you think about men being hunters They have their like one thing in mind. It's something that could be threatening. So they are focused on that. They go out and get it and they bring it back. Whereas women are the gatherers. They hold all the knowledge. They have to know where the right nuts and berries and seeds and poison things and animals and the children and the fire. They have to like be maintaining all of those things around the cave. So like... We just evolved with this brain and psyche and like spirit that's sort of holding all of the pieces, whereas men evolved with just this sort of like, go get it, bring it back. I don't know if that's my original theory. (laughs) I don't think it is. But there's something about that that gives me comfort sometimes that like women evolved to hold all of the knowledge. In the generations that you've been alive to observe, have you seen an evolution in women? Yes. And I think um, everything that you said, I totally agree with in terms of like knowing what was expected of my grandmother versus my mother versus myself. I was actually afforded a really great education. And so there's a huge difference um, that was expected of me. Was your grandmother educated? Yeah, I actually am, am. strangely, both of my grandmothers went to college uh, and both of my grandfathers, but I would venture to say that they were the first. And one grandmother uh, was a teacher and went in those days to Florida State when it was basically like a teacher's college, kind of like how JMU used to be. So it was still the, the options were limited, right? It was education, nursing, healthcare. Being able to own land. Being able to right, right, right. To vote, to sign a deed, to have a credit card. Yeah, these are things that we kind of take for granted until you see that list. And it's not that long ago. I grew up in the Episcopal Church tradition, which is a pretty progressive Protestant coming out of the Church of England. Now, in the last 50 years, women can be priests. Openly gay people can be priests. You go to seminary and you study. And you graduate with that degree, and then you get ordained as a minister, right? In the 70s, women couldn't. And if my mom had been a little younger, I think she would have gone to seminary. I think she would have become a priest. And my husband's mother actually is an Episcopal priest. She's that much younger than my mom was. My mom was born in 39. My mother-in-law was born in 1950. And just that 11-year 
difference meant a, a totally different life trajectory, even though they had a lot in common. But one thing I wanted to say about women is that going forward, there's a couple of things that we have to keep evolving into and, and working on. And one of them is our ability to be a collective. Like, I think we've been set up to be competitive because the man's world is very competitive. And I think women do best in collectives. Like, I think women do best when they lift each other, when they work in groups, when they support one another, and when they understand that, like, we each have our own set of gifts and there's room. There's room for every single one of us and our gifts.
more than you are, it's who am I? And it asks a question in the chorus, I'll never be what I wanted to be. And that kind of sums up a thing for me. And I don't say it to garner sympathy. Um, I say it because it's really kind of true that in some ways I think of myself as having been born about 20 years too late. Um, If I had been born in 51 instead of 71, I would have definitely been at Woodstock and I would have been part of that boomer scene of music and folk music and social activism. I'm sure I would have dated Stephen Stills. (laughs) I have this whole fantasy world in my mind. I've always felt not quite of my own time in a way. And so the song is sort of about admitting that and then kind of living into it and saying, okay, maybe that's true, you know, but I'm here now. And I have things to say now. And how can I use that feeling to sort of inform what I do now? So I was born in the summer of 71, which is sort of just after Woodstock. And actually, this year has been interesting because there have been so many things that are turning 50, right? Besides me, (laughs) Sesame Street and NPR and like all of these things that have really helped make me who I am. I have a piece of me that has always believed that I was alive then. And somehow in that summer of 71, I like went a little too far. I either was like driving a sports car or overdid it with drugs or was at a rock and roll show or something. And like I overdid it and that I got reincarnated as me being born in Northern Virginia in 1971. So there's a part of me that when I watch, like when I watch rock documentaries from that time, the 60s and 70s, I don't just watch it like, oh, this is cool. I often, you can ask my husband and my daughter, they think I'm crazy. I'm often like weeping uncontrollably just from like joy and nostalgia and like feeling like I was there. I was there. One Time Around is actually about what if this is it? The chorus is for all we know, it's just one time around. That's the refrain. For all we know, this is it. And I actually do have a song called Next Life on my first record. And, and One Time Around is sort of an answer to that. And what it's really looking at and asking is like, when you lay awake alone at night, or when you uh, have a relationship with your God, or when you're really just alone, like what really matters, you know, what really comes up for you? What are the things that have the most meaning? And how can we hold on to them right now in this moment? Black deep, night creeps, toss and turn, and try to sleep. Night falls, God calls, tells you things you can't recall. Well, it comes to you late at night. Strange that something just ain't right. It's one time around, one time, one time around, one time, one time. All we know is just one time around. A second try, a lullaby, a look that's in. 
your mother's eye Long way, don't hesitate A sad regret or a thing you hate It's coming down a feelings in your heart Just one change, mister, your soul to start One time around, one time all we know, one time, it's just one time around. record was called Silver, and it refers to my gray hair, which I have allowed to just be what it is. The song is called Silver, a badge, because it's like, I earned these, you know, and like, it's um, it's part of who I am, and it's part of my story. It's part of my brand, you know, it's part of what I look like. And so I really lived into it for the for this album, for Silver. It was like, we, we're going to take silver pictures, I'm going to send, I did a crowdfund, and everything had silver on it. It was really fun. It's great to have a theme. Um, but the song is just about um, how your life stories, um, you know, contribute to who you are and what you bring. And I think that's what all my work is about. I mean, that's what the other songs are about, too, is it right? It's like each of us has gifts and we we offer them in the best way we know how. And just by doing that, you you were talking about it earlier, we we raise the goodness on the planet. You know, if, if you can just imagine all of us in one moment, like offering up the best of ourselves at the same time, like how, how, how much we could advance as, as a species and, you know, as a spiritual organism. So, (laughs) 
Silver Badge is a little bit about me, but it's mostly about, um, you know, how we show up with what we've got and just do the best we can. There's nothing like the history That you have seen the best of me Done and left undone With the fire Appalachian Vibes on Radio IQ. I'm Amanda Baki. 
My next guest is Thomas Thurman, the lead guitarist and singer-songwriter for the Southwest Virginia Southern rock band, Adam Sun. I would love to dig into the song Understand because you described it as a song that you wanted for your son to take with him through his life so he could gain some clarity from this world. So take your time, slow down, breathe, watch everything around you, take it take it in, read what's been written for you, you know, and and pray, you know. So rather than reacting to every single change in wind direction just kind of chill chill out so what are you hoping that he understands understanding it is the goal it's not something that's going to happen you know there are certain things that happen in your life you you won't understand it. You can't understand it. I guess the theological question is, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? There are some things you just don't understand. This person has done everything right, never touched the bottle, yeah. never never did anything, and, and, yeah. and she has such and such. That's just mm-hmm. not fair. It's not meant to be fair. It's not meant to really be understood. It's meant to be found.
So we had our, our kid in November and within two days, the neighbors across the street had a baby boy and his name was Liam and they were going to grow up, be best friends because we were right across the street. They were pregnancy partners and they go on pregnancy walks up and down the street and, and this, we were going to have our baby at basically at the same time. So they would be best friends. It just have to be. So we had our had our, our babies in November. Hers was like two days after us or two days, uh, two or three days after us. COVID hit. We stayed on our our respective side of the street. And we start seeing cars show up across their across in their driveway. And their son, Liam, had a cardiac event. And at five months old, he died. So struggling with that and having having our own son, and he still you know, he's still living. You feel guilty over that. Uh, I'm writing in my journal to try to make sense of this because that's the kind of thing doesn't, doesn't make sense. Uh, we were scared to go across the street. They both work in, in hospitals. Uh, so this was, this was late April. Uh, we knew nothing about the virus other than we didn't want our son to get it. You know, we didn't want to get it. Uh, so everybody's, everybody's afraid and we were fearful uh, so we stayed on our side of the street, you know, texting, saying, you know, if there's anything we can do. And uh, and I'm, I can't make heads or tails of why one side of the street was hit so hard while we were so blessed. And here we are complaining about our son not sleeping, you know, <clears throat> not eating. And, and but he's still here. So we should be thankful of that. So. So I'm writing to try to make sense of this. And I probably wrote and rewrote and rewrote this song so many times uh, because I wanted to get it just right. And my thoughts were everywhere. And I thought in an event like this, where you, you don't know what to do, you don't, you don't know how you're supposed to feel what you're supposed to say. Uh, so during those times, I try to only look at what I know because how I feel is is dictated by a bunch of crazy stuff going on in my brain, my biology. But what I know doesn't change. What I know is that God has a special place in his heart for the children. I know that, that Liam is in a better place. And I know that he's never lost. He's got a place. And so <clears throat> I write this from God's perspective I know that's that's very bold. Uh, it's supposed to be the other way around, singing to God, but this was the, none of my words would have worked. You know, I you see him across the street after it happens, and what are you supposed to say? I mean, I, there's there's nothing that I could have said to to fix it, but I don't know. And and I'm I'm so selfish for even thinking that of of how this event affected me. Uh, so, but 
Don't you think that that shows your compassion? Not your selfishness. I, I, well, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I hope it, I hope it does. If it didn't impact you, wouldn't that be a little more worrisome? That's true. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're feeling somebody else's pain. You're experiencing empathy. And I think like if more people could experience empathy for somebody else's struggles, then uh, we would have a much better place. the song birthday when i was listening to this i think the line that jumped out at me the most was no one cares it's your birthday 
which kind of resonated with me because I think that's true for the most part. Everybody has that day. You're not special because you have a birthday. Where did that song come from? My brother, uh, Josh Wilson, he bought me a journal for my birthday, my first journal. And it was a songwriter's journal. And each you have a calendar to fill out and, and you, you keep track of your your tasks, what you did. But in the back of that section, each section has its own prompt, writing prompt. And I thought, boy, when I when I really don't have much to to like work off of, this might, you know, kind of help me keep my thoughts together. Well, the first prompt was was something like, It's Friday, it's been a long week. You're at the club and it's your birthday. And I thought, I feel like I'm being pushed into writing a happy feel go like go lucky, happy pop song. And I, uh, uh-uh, no, nobody cares. It's your birthday. I'll start there. And I thought, wow, this, this is pretty cool. I'll write about uh, this, this old man who it's, he's been at work. It's a long week and he's, he's clocking out. I'll write about, the the one man that I know has been to, uh, I mean he he just recently retired. Uh, he worked at, at, on on cars for over forty years, and I've never seen the man take a day off. You know, and he just he just works. He just do it does it because he loves his family. And so that ended up that section ended up being the second verse. That's about my dad. The first verse I was writing about my sister. She doesn't care for the glitz and glamour. Uh, all she wants is a love that's real. Each verse tells a story. First one's my sister. Next one's my dad. And the last one is my mother. She's the wild and crazy one. Uh, if you listen to that verse, love you, mom. Lessons we hold on today 
head and loved one Brought up to love but stand your ground Lived the life she was given Sang like the heaven With unconditional listening to Appalachian Vibes on Radio IQ. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. My next guest is Mac Walker, a rock-inspired singer-songwriter from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I grew up mostly in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, that area. I lived in southern West Virginia for a little while, um, but was born in North Carolina. We moved back when I was little. You know, you, sometimes you sit down to write something, you don't end, you think, I'm not going to write that song. And then it comes out and you go, well, I just wrote that song. I said I wasn't going to write kind of thing. And that was, I think that's kind of what happened here. She went off to college in another state. And I was a bit naive thinking that that, that was going to be able to hold together in a way that I had in my head. I had a very, very idyllic, you know, almost fairy tale kind of idea in my head. And, and it didn't happen. I was like everybody, anybody else in a situation like that. You're very disappointed. You're sad. But it didn't really hit me until later when I started realizing, man, it's still still with you. Did she become the standard that you measured everyone against? Uh, that's funny you'd say that. I think for for there's a level that will always be there. I think realistic and unfair at the same time to the, to the other people that have come along. What was it about that person? Was I seeking those things later on in other people and couldn't find them? Is that what it was? It really made me think. So writing the song made me think about those pieces. And, you know, in the moment, you know, it's crushing. You're young. You know, it ends because, you know, we always think this is going to last forever. You know, we all go into everything thinking it's going to last forever. It could be a relationship, a job, a band, 
<laughs> can be anything, and it doesn't. And and you're you're sitting there thinking, what do you what do you mean? What do you mean that's done? I what do you do now? I, I didn't think that could happen. Didn't know that was an option. You know, you gotta think to yourself, I didn't know that was an option. And um, it took some big space in my life to get beyond and really get some perspective. As I tell folks a lot of times, you get some life behind you. You get some life behind you, and you start going, okay. That had an impact in a way that I didn't realize until I had some other things happen to put it in some context. It was crushing and I held it for a long, long time. I I couldn't really let go and I couldn't really figure out why. And it took some, I didn't have, I think, the emotional maturity at that point to get what was happening to me. Well, my sweet Angeline The girl of my dreams. Well, my sweet Angeline, she's the one I need. Well, my sweet Angeline. With her they want to be But I don't know what to do To have a girl like you I can see me with you What in the world What do? 
I was married for about eight years or so. Um, I've uh, got three kids um, that uh, 17 and 20 and 25. Um, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where they've influenced a lot of my writing. You know, I think a lot of a lot of that is life experience. You got to have some life experience to write sometime. You know, so they've they've definitely I joke. I, they, they've heard these songs like a thousand times and you know, they're, they're still not mad about it. So <laughs> I'm very grateful for that standpoint. Well, yeah, that was my question. How does being um, honest and revealing, you know, and open with your kids? Because it seems like sometimes there's this boundary or barrier yeah. that you, that you uh, want or have to observe with your children. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, it, it's, um, I try to be as open as I can. Being, a, being largely a single parent, um, I've tried to be as open as I can, especially with, with my daughter. And um, they, they've lived with me basically from the beginning. And um, I, I laugh. She heard me uh, on the radio doing that song uh, uh, one time. And I got to wondering, is she wondering, you know, like that song, what's she's about that age uh, where I was when I wrote the song. She's not said anything, but I think it's kind of funny. I think she's kind of looked at me sideways like, I, I think I'm picking up on what dad's talking about. But I don't want to have that conversation with that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I see her. She's got a boyfriend, you know. And uh, so I'm, it, it, I think it's, it's a bridge that's hard to cross sometimes. But um, especially for a dad and a daughter, um, that, that's a big deal to me to get. Yeah. Had, to get had to get, you know, some places that were uncomfortable at times. But, uh, yeah, being open and revealing with them and, and then listening to what I'm saying in, in the songs. Um, they'll ask me some questions sometimes. You know, what is, what, where did that come from? Yeah. You know, sometimes you might have to make a little white lie about something. <laughs> you know. It's about how much I hate your no, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <JK. laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. I came from folks playing fiddle and old time mandolin and that kind of music. Um, but I'm like anybody else, you know, I ran to to the rock side, the blues side and came. coming up I was a, a huge blues fan. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan and those guitar players. This next song um, is called Muddy River. Whatever it is, the guy's like, I don't care. You do what you want to do. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to stay here. You go or you go and I'll stay.
I've never been a person that felt like that I had to be married. That wasn't wasn't whatever drove me. And outside of my marriage, the longest relationship I, I was in was almost nine years. And, and it was a long-distance relationship on wow. top of that. Um, so in terms of making it last, I don't really know. I, I, I think one of the key things is, is you, you, you've got to stay, and this sounds cliche, in touch. But I, I mean it in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you've got you've got a physical touch. You gotta, you gotta have that physical piece. You've gotta have that emotional piece where you can say, say the something to somebody and they read you, or you don't have to say a word. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's a Keith Whitley song when you say nothing at all. Uh-huh. Um, you know, sometimes what you say doesn't need to be said. And if you're at that point, I think that's really when you've really got it. You know, you know, I, I can get cold chills on me thinking about that. You know, when you don't have to say anything, you know, it's like that with music too. You've probably played with folks before and you're like, it's almost symbiotic. You don't even have to say anything. They just know. They know where you're going with it. Or you don't even have to say, you know, here's a lead. They just do it. Or they know the harmony piece that fits your piece, your world. And I tie a lot of it to music. I think relationships are very much like music. There's, there's harmony. There's dissonance sometimes, and it's good. That's a fool's errand if you think you're going to be happy all the time I think that's one thing you need to get out of your head it's not always going to be roses I think I have relationships built on minor thirds (laughs) (laughs) well that's not all bad necessarily
This is Appalachian Vibes on Radio IQ. I'm Amanda Baki. If you want to learn more about any of the featured artists on today's show, head over to AppalachianVibes.net. You can catch up on past episodes and nominate an artist there. I'm always looking for writers. If you're a storyteller or you know a storyteller, you can submit your story at AppalachianVibes.net. Everyone have a beautiful week, and I'll see y'all next Saturday at 8 o'clock.